Alohomora listeners of the Artversations podcast. Conversations, a meditative conversation about the artistic process. My name is Brie, like the cheese, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Thank you so much for tuning in and choosing to click on this show. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast Instagram at ArtversationsPod to stay up to date about future episodes. If you're listening on Spotify, go answer the community question because I'd love to hear your thoughts on art. Are you just as sane as I am? All right, I hope you're getting all of these Harry Potter references. Back on the podcast with a wand and a broom in his hand. It's Luke Kimball. Luke is an actor and director currently playing Albus Potter in the Toronto production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Performances began on May 31st with the official opening happening this Sunday, June 19th. Go check out the link in description and get your tickets at Mervish.com. You don't want to miss this show. We recorded this episode about a month ago while Luke was heavy into rehearsing, and without giving away all of the mischief, we dove deep into the process of this spectacular production at the CAA at Mervish Theatre. Accio, a pint of butterbeer, and enter the Chamber of Secrets. Let's hear all about the magic of Luke Kimball. It's very rare that I'm in a show, and you, it's, it's hard, as you know, when you're in a show, looking at it and going like... You kind of look around and you're like, is this good? Is this, I think we're in a good one, right? I think it's working. I think it's working. You know, you were always like, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. The it's hope. hard to know. Yeah, yeah that word hoping. Hi, Luke. Hi. How are you? I'm so, so excited we can make this work. Me I too. I feel very grateful that you just have time in your busy, busy schedule right now. I mean, I don't have that much time, but I'm thrilled to make time because uh, I really like your podcast and I loved doing it before, so I'm thrilled. I know, yeah. Back on the pod. Yeah. This time just by yourself, which have is you nice. had Have you had repeat guests before? A little bit. A oh, little bit. I want to yeah. be the first one. Yeah. That's fine. I know. Sarah's been on twice now. Oh, okay. I, yeah, so she beat you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> if it's going to be anyone, I want it to be Sarah Gervais. Excellent playwright, <laughs> yeah. actor. Oh. Um, how are you feeling today? How's the, the rain been for you? It's been oh. so dreary. Uh, I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, rain... Uh, I get headaches on rainy days, uh, so I have a headache, mm. but that's okay. All things considered, uh, today's my day off, so I got to visit some friends last night, which was good, because I uh, haven't haven't caught up with them for a little while, uh, and uh, yeah, like feeling generally really happy these days, so that's good. That makes me smile so wide, yeah. if people can't see. I'm like... That, the, the happiness that you're, like, beaming off right now, like, I need that. I like, Aww. there's so much going on. There's so much, so many things happening, which mm-hmm. is great. Like, we're back. We're kind of opening now to full capacity. Mm-hmm. But that comes with, like, the grind and the hustle and the, like, mm-hmm. never stop, never stop working mm-hmm. that I used to do in, like, pre-pandemic days. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, kind of draining me a bit to, like, be back working. I get, I feel that. I mean... Like so, 
about the reason we're here, talking about the play. Mm-hmm. So I just, just started rehearsals for it. And it's like, I think everyone in, in the company, we were all talking about, how, oh, it's so wild that we went from not seeing anyone to all of a sudden we're in a room every day with like 60 people. Wow. And just the dramatic shift of that. And yeah, and yeah it totally is. It has, it, it's taxing in a way that I'm, I'm not accustomed to. Like I'm a, a hundred percent extrovert. And so gotcha. being with people that like I, I thrive in that uh, environment, but, um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it, I'm like out of practice. Mm-hmm. So now I'm seeing people every day and it totally is taxing. Um, but you know, I am an extrovert, so it does feed me in a certain way. And also I'm just, I'm grateful to be I'm just grateful to be doing this this thing again. I, I haven't been, you know, prepping a show for a year and a half, and the show I did most recently was an outdoor thing, and, and, and it, that was amazing. Was, but being in a theater again feels so special, and I, uh, yeah, I'm just riding that. <laughs> I'm just riding that. That's high. keeping you going, yeah. yeah, yeah. But 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 totally, like a lot yeah. of people are echoing that, like that new getting reaccustomed to seeing people and, and as you said, the hustle and the grind of it all. Um, yeah, like hoping that we can retain some of the stuff from the, the pandemic. It was like, oh, we need to remember to slow down that a lot of people talked about being reminded of. Yes. Feeling that slip away as we get back into the routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance, yeah. You, or else you, we're all going to go crazy. Yeah, you gotta. You can't be. You can't all be doing nothing. Yeah. But hopefully we don't all push ourselves to exhaustion again and finding that sweet spot. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the challenge. That's the challenge. That's the work. That's the, like, I, ma- I imagine that's the thing that's keeping you going. Like you're saying, like, it's just you show up and 60 other people are doing the same thing. Kind of carries you along, I guess. Yeah, there's a real communal environment that everyone... Uh, that we, we are all helping each other. And again, that we're all coming from the same place. Like, we are all feeling that same... We're dealing with it in, in different ways, obviously, but everybody is feeling that renegotiation with that, uh, the relationship to seeing people and doing stuff all day. Um, but it totally helps that uh, the thing I'm doing is, is what I love, mm. and it's a thousand times better than I imagined that it would be, and the, the people are a million times more exciting than I could have ever possibly thought... Um, That's great. Yeah. And are you, so you, so are you finding yourself pulled more, more towards the grind than you would have hoped? Well, and like you mentioned, like there are things I've learned about, you know, rest mm-hmm. and what that does for my process. It mm-hmm. actually helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would have thought? I always thought, you know, just keep going and like never stop because if you don't have to get ready, then you're already ready mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that sure. was like a mantra that I used during school, during like my early like career days, I guess. And then once we like just did zero and did no live shows, nothing that could like fuel me in the same way that it did. I like sat with myself thinking like, why did I go through all that stress? Mm. Um, and it, I mean, it, it depends on the project, I guess. Like sometimes when I'm in a room with people who are like so committed and like are talking about the show after the rehearsal ends or like if we're talking about it in other conversations just because it's like that meaty of work mm-hmm. it's so like full of um nutrition in that way sure <laughs> not to use a food metaphor but That's great you know like something to gnaw on like uh, it really does you know I want to I want to continue working on it rather mm-hmm. than it feeling like a job or like a a task or mm-hmm. a chore um but yeah I think also with 
most of my work is in dance and I do have to remember that like my body breaks down after like being on my feet 12 days, 12, 12 hours a day. So I learned a lot about like injury prevention over the pandemic and, um, trying to make sure that I just like warm up properly mm. every, every single time I step into a room. It's such a, it's so, uh, I mean, I've got, I've got, um, my voice was, was just feeling fatigued yesterday and I'm not, and I was like, I was caught off guard by that because I, I, I don't want to be arrogant about it, but I, I think I have pretty good technique. Like I never really, like I've done outdoor shows and mm-hmm. I've never struggled with vocal fatigue before. Um, I mean, I talk a lot in this play and it's a really demanding show but I was like oh I never thought I would feel fatigued but then I remembered like oh I haven't done this for I haven't done this for two years like right. I really year and a half I suppose for the last show I did um but even then it was like oh, it was a shorter thing and it, it felt more I don't know it didn't I, I wasn't training my body in the same way that I that I would have in, in a longer process. I guess coming out of school mm-hmm. where I was training every single day and I Constantly was... Constantly in that like mode of like, well, we got to go to class now or we got to do this thing now. Yeah, and my body yeah. was always ready. Yes. And then I just fell out of practice. Um, so I was feeling vocal fatigue yesterday a lot and a little bit today. And I it's because I haven't, I haven't been I haven't been warming up as much as I, I want to be. But, mm. you know, being in the rehearsal for the show, like they're, they're like my idols are in this show and like actors who've been working for decades. And, uh, and I was talking to one of them. I was like, Oh my gosh, we, we do, um, we do a, uh, we do a, a, a poly juice transformation in the show, uh, which is spectacular. <sighs> um, and poly juice in, in, in the, in the story is it's one of the most painful things you can experience. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. you know, you're literally changing to someone else and what that does physically is, terribly uncomfortable you're like insides are turning inside out and then you also have to like change your voice and change your i mean exactly. in the world of this magic yeah yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, a tr- it's a it's a it's a huge experience anyway yeah. so so doing that is it, it takes a lot of uh, physical exertion um and one of my favorite actors is uh is doing it too and i was like oh man i, I really didn't i should have warmed up before doing that and he was like me too. I threw out my voice doing that just now. I'm like, oh, you do that too? Even after decades, you do that too? You didn't warm up and you hurt your voice? He's like, oh yeah. Every time I like, remember, oh, I should have warmed professional up. Professional people are also just tired? Oh wow, that's nice to hear. Totally. We're all just humans <laughs> yeah. trying to remember to do our best and sometimes forgetting to warm up and going like, oh, that's a really good thing to do. Mm. We're not invincible. Yes. In my work, there's a lot of, you know, lifting or, or, or acrobatic moves that, like, truly, if I do it wrong or if I'm not in that state, like, physically to be able to do it, I'm going to hurt myself every time I do it. And sometimes it's even shown, like, in a bruise or, you know, or, like, a long-lasting injury that I just have to nurse after. Um, but I also wonder if there's, you know, a wonderful part to being an artist that we really give our whole selves to something, something so interesting as well as like changing into a new human. Mm. Like that's your task on stage, Mm -hmm. changing into a new human. Like you, you, like I'm assuming you'd have to really like just get into that and like leave everything else behind Mm -hmm. and, and then do it back to get back into your other character. Like that Mm -hmm. mentally feels like a lot or emotionally too, feels like a lot of dedication that might just totally exhaust you. Like, and like every show you figure out, I assume it's the exact same for you, like you figure out what that show requires. 
And, yes. you know, so we're also in the process of this show, like, oh, this is going to require this. Oh, I'm realizing that this particular thing is causing me, you know, causing me discomfort in this part of my body that I don't normally use, or I need to strengthen this part of my body. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're just halfway through rehearsals now, so we're all trying to figure out what are the things we need to do for this show. And this one, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a very good, uh, solid vocal warm-up that allows me to really... Um, to really scream and not and not injure my voice uh, and good, physically good. physically it's going to be a huge warm as well but but it's the great thing about this show I feel like we're gonna have to double back and like talk about what show we're talking about yes <laughs> I know I know <laughs> so sorry this is this is the fun part about podcasting about art projects when do I bring up the art project <laughs> I just lost right because all I do is all I think about so I just slid right you, into it you've been referring to it as this show for like. 12 sentences, and I was like, okay, maybe I should say it now. Oh my gosh. This big thing that you're in. Luke Kimball, you're going to be in the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I shouldn't. It's so funny, because I, I always call it this show, because I actually, I can't wrap my mouth around saying that I'm doing this. Like, I can't. I, it, it's it, not, it's still not, like, in your voice. I can't say that I'm doing wow. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Like, it, it yeah. feels too, I say it, and it feels fake. Like, I feel like I'm lying when I say it. And I'm not. I am going to do it. Um, but it, it just feels so enormous. Like So I, 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 I have caught myself doing it all the time. I just say mm. the show, this show. Everybody who knows, everyone I talk to knows what it is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I suppose for this format, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking <laughs> to your podcast. So, okay. Listeners, they're here too. Yeah, okay. So yes, yes. I'm <laughs> yes. doing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yes, and um, you are playing Albus Potter, the yes. son of Harry Potter. yes. Yes. So all of that entails. All of that. I mean, we're gonna get into it. There's so much. I, I'm. Well, first of all, what's Luke's Hogwarts house? I oh. wanted to know, like, just you specifically. Yeah, Gryffindor. Where do you sit? Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where would you put me? Well, I'm a Ravenclaw, and okay. so I always see. I like. I always want to like attract more Ravenclaws because uh-huh. everyone's Gryffindor. Everyone's Slytherin, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. so many. Um, Trendy, like I want to be the Gryffindor, but I have to say, and Brie is a, a Ravenclaw; she always will be. Yeah. So I have to sit with that. Uh, How does so, it feel being a Gryffindor? I love it. I mean, I, I did certainly like. I loved the stories, and like I totally related to. to I mean, I was reading through Harry's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a kid. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, 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 that's certainly what I would have wanted to be. Um, but uh, I think I came by it honestly. I didn't try to dupe the test or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. um, because some people had, there's someone, someone in the company that was talking about it, and they were like, well, because we all said what our house was, and he, and he was like, well, I did the test, and I was a Gryffindor, but I went back and did it more honestly later, and I was a Slytherin, because um, he tried to trick it, the first, or successfully tricked it the first time. Um, but I don't think I did. I think I'm a Gryffindor, mm-hmm. uh, earnestly. Um, it's as serious as like a personality test. Like it really like <laughs> it reminds me of the ones I used to do like in those magazines, and you could kind of like cheat it a little bit, uh-huh. but you like really wanted the results that you wanted, right? Totally, yeah, totally. You know, you know what you want, and you know, like the Sorting Hat says about Harry that that he could have been that he could have been great in Slytherin, mm-hmm. but he wants to be in Gryffindor. Like, yep. Everybody is all things, and I actually think that that you know mm. that's. I think that's a good metaphor in in the in the stories. Like everybody is all things. There's a part of you that you you want to be. You most want to represent everyone you, the way you want people to see you. But everybody is all things at all times. Mm, I could I couldn't agree more. I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to pull what you could like bring to the problem. Like mm. 
Gryffindor and courage, right? Or yeah. bravery. Like, the problem needs that at that point. Mm-hmm. So you can pull it out of you. But, you know, I'm sure Luke could also, like, pull out, like, some evil sides of him or, like... That's Slytherin. Yeah, I think, right? I have to, I have to, I have to defend Slytherin. Oh, Slytherin, Slytherin got a Slytherin's got a, a bad, a bad rep, but I think because of the, the position that it took in, in the books, but and I think this play works to uh, undo that oh, a little bit. Oh, cool. Um, okay. That that actually, you know, Slytherin. You know, we think of all the characters that came from Slytherin, and Slytherin's traits some of them are like ambition, mm. but also it's 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 loyalty. Um, uh, there's, uh, uh, cleverness, um, oh, what else do we have? Um, there's a whole bunch that, that, that I think, you know, that can serve really good purposes. However, I, I do think that, you know, I'm taking this though, this is like empirical fact, but, but, but that if, if, if one's top front facing personality is, is there great, huge ambition? Mm -hmm. I could see why that could lead someone to have more villainous tendencies or more, self-serving uh, uh, intentions. Right, right. But just because it might yield that result more often than, say, if, if courage was your top priority, mm-hmm. um, that's not inherent. So the Slytherin is not an inherently evil mm. house. That just is uh, a byproduct of perhaps ambition being your number one goal, if you if, that, if that's right. the most important thing to you. Um and that's my, maybe my bias of looking at Draco Malfoy right. as the only Slytherin main character, that's or, right. or Snape, or you know, like when I when I watched the movies growing up, we were only looking at it from the perspective of Harry, that's like right. you when you read the books. So the main character is we want to believe the best character. That's right. Yeah. And everyone else, you know, besides Hermione, Hermione is the best character, mm-hmm. but everyone else is like evil and against Harry, right? Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I really, I totally agree with everyone into all things. Mm-hmm. It's just that we, maybe we just put on a filter of, like, who we want to be. We want to be Gryffindor. We want to be the Ravenclaw or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's the purpose uh, of the houses. And, 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 and that, I think that's, that's, tr- that's true of life. We are all mm. things. But we front face the thing we most prioritize. And that's good. And that says something about you. Yeah. And it's neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. If you prioritize your ambition or like you know your desire to have like to achieve enormous things in this world that's just not my priority it's not that there aren't moments you know like it was terribly ambitious for me to go to an open call for harry potter that was terribly ambitious and i wanted to achieve that but that wasn't that's not what i put first in my in my life generally and i don't really Mm -hmm. think about achieving huge things for me in the world that's not really Mm. what i spend my time thinking about Mm -hmm. But sometimes I do, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you we know. We slip into it sometimes. Totally. I don't want to be reductive about the houses. But, you know, <laughs> I love I love people and I love uh, taking care of people. And that, that that's all in there. It's very yeah. Hufflepuff. And that, that that's really yeah. in there. Yeah. And that's pretty close to front facing. Um, and, you know, in the Ravenclaw, I certainly rely on what little intelligence I have. <laughs> I, 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 I lean on that when when I when I can and I and I like it like I like when I can use my intellect yeah um what is it about Gryffindor I don't even know I can't even remember what what Gryffindor's they've got courage that Um, yeah that was the one I guess that I always assumed would be but is everyone courageous in Gryffindor like 
I feel like there's a, a few side characters who were Gryffindor who were very, very scared yeah, in right. the movies. Or, you know. But then maybe it's because it's 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 about who they want to be. They right. want to be yeah. courageous. They yeah. want to be brave. And the sorting or hat was, was like, oh, yeah, you, you want this, actually, yeah. so I'm going to put you in it. I think that's such a good metaphor. Mm. Um, I think that's such a good metaphor for... for how we function in the world and the groups that we that we we end up falling into like it's, it's mm. who we want to be a lot of the time not even necessary and and often who you want to be says more about you than than who you are because yeah. hopefully we're always changing mm. and the lens through which we view each other i would hope i would hope i would hope i would hope they were looking at people Sure, you can't ignore who someone is, but really factoring who do they want to be, what are they trying to be? Yes, yes, that's still philosophical, and and the way that these books and this and the movies and and this now this new play m- use an analogy like magic or like um, a, a villain and a, and a hero, it it is so digestible, and we see like ourselves in those characters, even though we're not in that world, like it. I remember I, I, like, went back during the January lockdown and I, like, watched all the movies just right. to, like, remember. I had seen them when I was younger kind of just sporadically, but I watched them all. <laughs> I binged them. Mm-hmm. I, I had COVID, so I was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to sit on the couch for a day and a half and oh, just yeah. do that, do that. That's all we're going to do. Yeah. And I, I, rem- I just remember being so, like, emotional about it because it is, it is truly such a, a metaphor for so many things. And it's all detailed and it's all in it like secretly placed sometimes. Like it's not just like right on on the table for you. And I, yeah, I could, I could totally see where the house is and um, the, the, the development of oneself mm-hmm. really is shown for, for Harry and, mm-hmm. and for the, you know, as they grow up. Um, just to tie it back to now 19 years later uh-huh, yes right we see these characters again that's right older mm-hmm. i'm assuming wiser but i i don't want to like say that they're like their most wizardy at this point what what would you say yeah yeah i mean yeah so they they are wiser mm-hmm. but you know they're all like particularly harry harry is still st- grappling with the childhood that he had and the, mm. you know like the the books and the movies are so fun and they're done so exceptionally well and they're so entertaining yeah. that it becomes easy to forget to actually put yourself in those scenarios is pretty mortifying mm. the things that harry goes through you know it's it's genuinely traumatic. Yes. So yeah. you're coming into a story with uh, grown up, grown up everyone, grown up Harry, grown up Ron, Hermione, Ginny, uh, Draco. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and you're seeing how they've all coped with having to not even just be there for the, the dramatic shift in the world, but to actually initiate this. Um, enormous shift in, in battling Voldemort and, and right. all of that. There's so many metaphors in this, in this play. And, and, um, but one, and one of them that I'm excited to see is like the magic in person. Oh, it's unreal. Like creating that on a stage. That's. It's so <sighs> spectacular. Like? And I, so I saw the show in the UK, uh, recently okay. cause I wanted to see it as a fan before I, you know, do it. And then, you know, I, I just wanted to experience it before I go and, and create it. Uh, 
and it was great. I'm so glad that I did that. I got to meet the cast and stuff, and they were so great. Wow. Uh, they're just lovely folks. It's like a, it's a good, it's a big global family. It's a really nice thing. Mm. Um, it's such an ambitious play. So it, like, it's almost bewildering when you read it because they have all these descriptions of train stations that transform into all kinds of different locations. You've got spells happening on stage. Mm. You've got you've got polyjuice happening on stage. You have people swimming through lakes, and you go like, "How are you going to do that?" That isn't. Like, reading, you kind of go like, okay, I don't really know how they're going to do that. And they do it. It's wow. everything you read in it. They do the thing. Mm. It's spectacular. What does that do for your process, too? It makes it a thousand times yeah. better. There, wow. There's bits where you, where I, where I, um, where I find myself in stuff that almost becomes like, in my experience, it, it's, I find it really, uh, hard to act these like these situations that are so far outside of my life mm-hmm. um like I love a good you know a good emotional fight scene like that's all that's all I've totally. been I've done that I've had arguments with people I, I can I can do that yeah absolutely but then it's like okay imagine that you're climbing on top of a train and you might fall off and you're casting spells it's like okay I can imagine that sure sure I could do that <laughs> but then you're in a production like this and it's like it's all there for you you know, you literally are casting spells. I don't have to imagine stuff. We we do we do runs, and we're you know, yeah. The process right now, we we've, we're 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 rehearsing it, but they provide so much for the actors that that we really get a. It's unlike any rehearsal room I've been in, insofar as how much of the experience I'm getting at this point. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like we're doing a thing. Like I'll I'll do runs, and I I I feel the adrenaline going. As though I'm in these situations. Like, my body doesn't... You know, if I'm just, just picturing it, my body knows I'm not in a situation. But when I'm actually doing it to, mm-hmm. to a, a great... A much greater degree than I would ever imagine... Yeah. It feels like you're doing the thing. So it makes the acting of it much easier and m- much more fun. The stakes are, like, actually high. Yeah. You have you're to like, get them to be high. Yeah, they're actually... Mm-hmm. Like, you you are doing things that you, you never thought you would do or you'd never be able to do. Um... And it's amazing. The company's so good, and it's such a, a well-put-together piece. Mm. They walk us through how to do everything. They're really diligent, you know. Uh, even in terms of we were talking about warming up earlier, like, mm-hmm. we have two vocal coaches on the team. We have a nice. physiotherapist on the team. Jealous. Um, yeah. That's it's, amazing. It's, yeah, and, and two movement coaches that warm us up uh, all the time. So they, they take, to hear that. Yeah, they take such good care of everyone. Um, so it's all, it's all really well-handled doesn't change the fact that it's still it's still overwhelming to do all this stuff and it still feels like you're in the real thing but at the end of the day it's it's all it's all incredibly safe it's and well rewarding put. And yeah it's yeah. really well built the whole thing is a really special uh, experience um but yeah the answer mm-hmm. question short mm-hmm. short answer yeah it makes it way easier <laughs> I don't have to pretend that I'm doing a spell I actually just do the spell. That is so cool. That's so empowering. Like, oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. It's such a cool, um, it's such a cool experience. Um, we get to meet these characters 19 years later, and you, you watch them dealing with all the ramifications of the literal war that they all fought in mm-hmm. and how that has impacted their lives and their ability to be parents. And, yeah. uh, and, and then you negotiate... I negotiate as Albus what it is to have your dad be 
I was going to ask about this. The savior of the wizarding world. Yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of the emotional centerpiece of the play. I mean, it's, okay. it's a spectacular piece of theater. Truly unlike anything I've ever seen. But, you know, at the heart of it, it's a play. It's got to have a good story or it's not going to... Or it's just not going to carry. Yes. Or, or otherwise, it's just, it's just a... You know, it's just a magic show. and Exactly, yeah. You can't rely on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have yeah. magic shows. Like, there, yeah. you can go see a magic show, and this one would serve as a magic show. Yeah. But really, this is play, ultimately. This is a piece of theater. Mm. Um, and uh, and so you need something really substantial underneath it. And, and this play's built that through the relationship of, of Albus, who... Uh, ultimately is not the wizard that Harry was okay. and Harry who is you know Harry Potter and, and mm-hmm. all that, that that is and how does how does Albus negotiate that relationship mm-hmm. um, and and then and then you get uh, and, and the other and, and, and Albus forms a, a really strong relationship with the Scorpius Malfoy this is the yeah the the like <laughs> crossing of worlds or like a crisscross episode where all of a sudden now Draco and Harry like have to be friends and even more like friends than they are at the end of the of the last movie. That's right. So, yeah, I'm curious so much about like playing Albus and mm-hmm. playing that like legacy role mm-hmm. where a character like that, I guess, and I'm assuming, please tell me if I'm wrong, has to like deal with seeing their father go on to be even better than they already were, recognizing that their father also is traumatized mm-hmm. and, like, being a, a child of a traumatized parent. Mm-hmm. That goes along with it, generational, mm-hmm. generationally. Um, and also, like, where, where if you can reveal, where does Albus find his own legacy? How does he, like, come into his own and realize, like you said, he's not the same mm-hmm. as Harry? Well, ultimately, ultimately, you know, Albus decides that, that he, he takes it upon him. You know, Harry did a lot of wonderful things, but, you know, some people suffered, yep. you know, to, to protect Harry. Mm-hmm. And Albus decides that it, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to go and he's going to fix some of the, some of the, the mistakes that, that, that Harry made. Cool, um, okay. So he decides to carve out a legacy in direct opposition to his father as, wow. as we deal with that relationship. So you have, a, you have an underpinning of an emotional relationship as well as a very physical story yeah. of, of how they negotiate that thing together and apart. And, uh, and I won't go too much farther than that I lest, I, lest I spoil the play. I know, I'm um, like digging so hard into your soul and you're like, stop! No, you'll, but you, it's a, I, think, I think we got a, a, good, a good teaser in there that you, that you can, yeah. that well, is totally fair. It's a incredible, like you said, like having that narrative or that like driving storyline around all of the magic and all of the fun that we get to revisit these characters again. You've got That's to really have cool. it. If you don't have that, I think it, you know... Like I said, like you just got you got a magic show, which which has its thing. And it's not to diminish magic show. That's really spectacular. It's its own medium. It's its own medium totally. exactly. Yeah. And this is this this. It's such a great. This is such a great piece of theater. The the Globe and Mail did an article on this. Mm. Uh, it was like I guess a year and a half ago, two maybe even two years ago. I think it was pre-pandemic. Anyway, just talking about how uh, Harry Potter is going to change the Canadian theatrical landscape. Um, Wow. And I really think that's true. I really think it is because um, 
I obviously believe in theater. I wouldn't be doing this as a You're career. in good company about that. Yeah, yes. exactly. We're in good company with you and with all your listeners. <laughs> um, but, but what's really great about this show is, is because of everyone's affinity with the franchise, mm-hmm. it's, it can attract an audience that uh, doesn't normally go to the theater. And they have statistics, and it's really well listed in this Globe and Mail article, um, about the people that come to Harry Potter and other places in the world mm-hmm. uh, that have never been to a play before and see this show and then return to the theater later because they were genuinely moved by this. That's um, great to hear. And I think that's so important yeah. for... I think it's so important for Canadian theater especially because I think a lot of the time we can do a lot of theater that is theater for theater people. Yes. And yes. Uh, and that's okay. Like, yeah. It's it, okay for a certain extent and then we start to realize that we're all going to see each other's shows. Totally. Which and, is fine, but also we make art for any person. Yeah. We don't just make it for artists. Yeah, and we have a really insular community and the point of yes. art, I think, is to challenge and push and to make people grow as opposed to just telling like telling stories about why art matters to people that know that art matters. They're going to come to shows because they believe art matters that tell them that art matters. Like, it's, that's just cyclical. That's not exactly. actually doing anything. Yes, I um, totally agree. And theater's such a, such a good medium for that. Like, there is something about the immediacy of being in the space with people that really can be transformative in a way that's different than, than film because you're not in the space. And I, I love, mm-hmm. I love film and I love TV and I, I think mm-hmm. that there are really important stories that can be told that way as well. But, but there is something special about the immediacy of literally breathing the air of people as they're going through something. Yeah. It's, it's so special. And if we can get people to this show and if they can see it and go, oh, wow, that was so fun and moving and meaningful. And I deeply believe that this play is and will be and and just seeing the work that's done already 50% of the way through the rehearsal I feel very strongly about this and I've done shows that I have not felt strongly about Um, no that's honest same here yeah (laughs) this is not one of them um and it's keeping you going like what we were talking about like just knowing that this art this piece of art is going to be uh, impactful. It's going to be nostalgic. It's going to be, it, it, at least I'm assuming, it's going to be nostalgic. And and it will bring about people who are fans of the story, who are fans of magic, who are fans of the the fantasy that mm-hmm. that comes with, mm-hmm. um, who have who have seen themselves in Harry and now are going to see themselves in Albus, and and be transformed. I'm I'm really excited too about you know there's a lot of dance in it there's a lot of movement mm-hmm. it is a it is a play but I I feel like the the score as well is going to be so contemporary and I love Image and Heap I mm-hmm. that's like every dancer's dream by the way oh Image and Heap like <laughs> Hide and Seek by Image and Heap is like the song that everyone wants to dance to so having you know Imogen's like there's a gorgeous um choral version of hide and seek in this play get out it's unbelievable it, i'm gonna cry it's <laughs> as un- soon as i hear it and the scene wow. the scene that i won't give away when it when it takes place i mean i didn't even know that that's what it was when it first played someone pointed out to me and i was like oh i didn't even clock that well and some people would know that song from jason derulo oh i know which I've... is the most poppy thing in the world <laughs> But Imogen is like a truly contemporary singing songwriter, like yeah, She's unbelievable. And and she she like she wrote the score specifically 
uh, for this play. Um, so cool. And it's it's so evocative. Like it same thing is with the with the physical nature of the pieces they put together for us that that just creates a physical response. the music does it too. It it mm. really makes it so much easier to act when you know you're looking at these. You're 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 experiencing these scenes that are just almost feel. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to be detrimental to my own imagination here, but or but almost feel too big for my imagination. Like mm. how do I imagine mm. myself in these situations? You know, you just do what you can to find it. Yep. And for this play, one of those aids is like there's this gorgeous score that plays underneath. And there's so much of this play that does the work mm. for you or help, helps you helps you imaginatively find yourself in that world, in that situation. Cool. Um, it makes such a difference. You know, I'll take all the help I can get. And this play certainly <laughs> gives a lot to that. Cool. And yeah. yeah, and audiences too. They don't just get to hear the text and hear the story. They get to listen to it. They get to watch it like they get all of the <clears throat> sensorial you know sensations from watching it yeah. in person like we're saying it has to be in person mm-hmm. um i mean i'm assuming that that just the energy is going to be electric as soon oh. as the the curtains open even you know seeing in, in on the west end where it had been it had been open for a little bit at that point it's it's just so shocking like there's just so much in this play that i you don't think you will ever see like you would never wow. imagine seeing it on stage and cool. there's something really amazing i think what's so great about this play too is um that i think film does what film does it you know the film can tell you a story mm-hmm. in a way that it's not that it doesn't engage you it does engage you but it it gives it to you it gives you the story mm. and you watch it and you, and you, you take it in and so this is, this is not to be uh diminutive of film no, no. but it hands you it hands you what you need because yeah. you can literally see mm-hmm. like if there's a dragon you can look at the dragon mm-hmm. and you know you know what you're looking at you don't really need to suspend disbelief yes any more than just okay i'm buying this story and there are dragons in this world okay mm-hmm. got it mm-hmm. whereas theater you have to work with it mm-hmm. you have to give to the thing I very i mean you won't have a dragon on stage and certainly not one that looks like an actual. There's going to be puppeteers. Yeah, there's going to be puppeteers. You're yeah. going to see them, you know, running around. Warhorse yeah. did a really spectacular right. job of yes. doing that. Lion totally. King does that really well. Absolutely. You're not yeah. looking at an animal. You know that. They make that very apparent. You're looking at people, literally in real time, construct a a, a sculpture or how big it is, whatever into something that you're like this is almost more powerful that's because right. it's bringing people together that's to right. make things happen that's right and they're not hiding it they don't and, no. they, and that's the difference like that's the what the strength that film has that yeah. need not be competed with because it, it wouldn't work yes mm-hmm. but but it shouldn't work because it actually does engage the audience in a, in a way that is special to theater that we are contributing to what's happening on stage by not looking that at that and going like that's a person in a yeah. horse costume. Yeah. Like, we all know that. Yes. But we are all agreeing that by sitting in that theater, we're going to give to this. Because if you don't give to it, you're not going to have a good time at the theater. And exactly. let's hope people aren't going to the theater to go like, I'm not going to like this. Yeah. Some people, I do think some people. I'm not going to use my imagination. I'm yeah. Like, then go home and sit and watch a show on your 
laptop. Yeah, don't 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 dilute go to the, the entire medium then, because you're not you're not welcome. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go to theater with that mindset because it's detrimental to everyone around you. But it's detrimental to you. You're missing out on experiences yeah, yeah. if you want to if you want to go in and not experience. like something. That's why sometimes theater is so much more expensive because yeah. like you have to you have to come to it and you have to be willing to like sit with it and be there mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally. You're present with them. And then when the, you know, the encore happens and the show is done, the feeling that I get from leaving a theater is so much more valuable to me than leaving a a movie theater or just closing my laptop after Mm -hmm. watching Netflix. Um, And not having it for so long, I've forgotten that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I went to see a show just earlier today before I came to see you Mm -hmm. and the music cut out. So the music stopped working, the dancers on stage she kept going. They kept going, you know, like they were into it. But it was just a reminder of like, yeah, we mess up sometimes. But then she got back out there and she did it again. Uh-huh. And the crowd went crazy. Because uh-huh. we were like, yes, keep going. We want to see, you know, human mistake turn into something so much more magical. That's incredibly gratifying. It's great. It's an acknowledgement of like, we are all here together, right? And the audience goes, yes, indeed. We're here together, exactly. That's so, yeah. and that that's what the theater has. And 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 you're exactly right. It's so satisfying. And, and you know, it, it nourishes you, to go back to your food metaphor. Yeah. Like, you know, I would, it's, it's not the film can't do it. Because no. I have seen yeah. films that have done it, but, yes. or that have felt, you know, that are particularly challenging and evocative. But it's the difference of, like, I love throwing on, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I'm not trying to speak ill of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but at the end of it, it's like, oh, that was a good dessert. Like, that was a good snack. Yes. As opposed to, like, when I see a good piece of theater, mm-hmm. that's like a good, healthy dinner that it's feels like satisfying. Yeah, it's a feast when, when it's good. Yeah. And I've, that's why I think, you know, when I see a when I see a bad movie, I'm kind of like, oh, that sucked. Mm-hmm. When I see a bad play, I leave it going like, oh, that's so frustrating because I work. worked and I couldn't enjoy it and that's really disappointing mm. particularly when it's almost good like I feel like oh it was so cool it could have been and I that drives me crazy mm. in a way that I don't feel about film but but then when it goes well it's like we've all succeeded and it feels so yeah. as you said it feels so satisfying and I, so I think that's something really special that theater can offer mm-hmm. and going back to what we were saying about uh, Canadian audiences mm-hmm. needing to come back to theater or even just being introduced to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's something so special about this this show because it's so global mm-hmm. because it has a legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you even if you don't even know the last name of of Harry Potter, like you know that it's about wizards. Sure. So you know that you're gonna come in there feeling so. Um, fantastical mm. and and otherworldly and going into a new dimension you know i i think there that like you said and like the globe and mail said this is a perfect example of what we need right now we need something that is global um i'm sure it's it's a happy show i'm sure like there's nothing you know that's gonna like drag people away from it no. i'm sure it's gonna yeah. bring people up which is something else we need yeah right I mean, now. There, there are obviously there are obviously there's going to be trauma and there's going to be obstacles in it yes but but you know the, the, you go through the play and you obviously you hope you, you hope for mm. for a happy ending and it, and mm. it you know 
I'm not, you, you, I don't know where the play goes. I don't know how it goes. But certainly it draws yeah. you into a story with people yeah. that when I read the story and when I saw the story that I loved and I was going through it with, yeah, it was a really um, exciting experience when I saw it. Mm. And I feel pretty confident that it's going to be that here. Just looking at. Yeah. It's very rare that I'm in a show, and you, it's, it's hard, as you know, when you're in a show, looking at it and going, like, you kind of look around and you're like, is this good? Is this, I think we're in a good one, right? I think it's working. I think it's working. <laughs> you know, you were always like, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. The it's hope. hard to know. Yeah, yeah that word hope that you said, that, um, that's, that's so needed right now. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that, it, that, that this show, it really is special, and I, I get like, throw up in my mouth every time I say it's a magical show because it's just too on the nose but I'm like but it is it is a magical show not just in a physical making of spells but like the feeling is magical going there I'm, I'm assuming deeply yeah, yeah yeah and you know especially if you especially if you read the stories because you're going back to these places that you have a relationship with and mm. you get to experience it in a new way with new with new characters and old characters and um it's really exciting and if you don't know it, then you're introduced to a new world that that is just laden with history that even if you haven't read the books and even if you haven't seen the movies, you can get into the story because all the characters, you know, it's not like we haven't seen uh, a talented, stubborn character before in a million different stories <laughs> and a brilliant character and, you know, yeah. the best friend who's funny and, yeah, you know, yeah. and the kid who's struggling to get along with his dad and the kid who's Those different but is so beautifully open to the world. You know, these yeah. are all characters that if you know the play, you probably know who, who, who I'm citing. The familial relationships. They're which all there. We can all, we all have families. We can totally. all resonate with that. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that there, you know, and that's, that was a thing that, uh, John Tiffany, the original director, was, said was, you know, he didn't, they were, he didn't know how to do this story, but, but when they found that relationship, because it went through other iterations of what they thought this could be. Okay. And then they found this relationship with Harry and Albus, and particularly one scene where they went, oh, yeah, we have a story, we have a play, we have cool. the, the story underpinning this thing. <sighs> I'm so excited to... I want to know what that scene is now, but I'm not going to ask you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be it could be a number of scenes, really. Cool, okay. Uh, I mean, I know which scene it, it was, but... Yeah. How's it been working with your fellow actor who is playing Harry? I don't know, remember what his name oh, is. Oh, it's Trevor White. Trevor it's White. How's that been doing? Extraordinary. Yeah. It's been incredible. Yay. It, he's such an... I mean, he's such a talented actor. That... He goes without saying, uh, to some degree, like, if he, you know, if you're here doing that part, obviously you're good. Um, But he's so, so shockingly good at Mm. his job. Um, He's so scary present. Like, he's so intensely there when we're working. Like, he's Mm -hmm. always right on it. And Mm. our push and pull feels to me really um really fluid and uh collaborative and exciting and challenging um but 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 and so that's all okay that's all fine and good it's lovely when the actor's really good Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. more importantly he's just an awesome guy like he's such a fun (laughs) excellent um caring 
you know, leader in the company, just to have, you know, to have him be so, so sociable and caring. He wants to make connections with everyone all the time. Mm. Um, and he, he's got, uh, he's got a, a wife at home who is very pregnant right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's going to be having a, a, a kid any moment. So he's going to be a father and then let that inform his practice. Well, oh he, my he's, he's already a father oh, okay. of one, oh, okay. um, but he's going to have another one. Wow. Um, and you know, I forget about that. Like I forget that he's, you know, he's got this thing that's going to happen. I need it because he's so in the room. Like he, despite cool. what's going on in his life, he, he checks out of the door and he's there for the company when he's there. Um, he, he, we have a really great, um, a really great, uh, relationship between the two of us, uh, working relationship, friendly relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so, f- it's so funny how it happens. I've been kind of reflecting on this lately a little bit. I'm like, Oh, it's interesting. Like I don't believe in method act. That's not really my go-to. Mm-hmm. That doesn't serve me. Yep. Um, but I have found as I think about it, I'm like, Oh, I kind of end up in some ways we like fulfill the roles in the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I genuinely, I'm a young member of this company. Like, I, you know, I I booked this job in my last year of theater school. So I am young. Mm -hmm. I am inexperienced. Trevor is older and he is really experienced. And Trish Lindstrom is, uh, plays Ginny, my mom in the show. And she's really experienced. She did, uh, she did, she's done a lot. She worked at Stratford and she did once here uh, oh. with, with John Tiffany as well. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite musicals. Great. Yeah, oh, so, wow. so she was the girl in that. Um, okay. And uh, so they're both much more experienced than I. So it makes sense. But I found this before too. Like I kind of fall into that role of whatever it is. And mm. in this show, you know, it's 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 like the kid that kind of kind of screws it up sometimes but you know <laughs> hopefully I'm not screwing it up too much but, but in the best way in the best way yeah finding my, as Albus would yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> finding my footing in this yeah. huge enormous production this huge enormous role yeah. um and that I'm super lucky that the other two people that are helping fill that is you know Trevor and Trish who are like so paternal and, and Trish is so mm. naturally maternal and mm loving and and comforting and attentive and affectionate and she's so I mean she's so smart that I'm sure she's aware of the pressure of this thing and she's always checking in and seeing how I'm doing and and very uh affirmative and really um just kind and Mm -hmm. lovely uh so if I'm to fall into the role a little bit to have the, the son position Trish and Trevor are great this parental figures. One. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, we walk on set and we'll do the set, the the the, the rehearsal space, and I just call them mom and dad. Oh, like right away, it's it, it's just there. Yeah. It's just right there. It came very naturally between the three of us. Amazing. Um, and that's because they're just the right, they're the right fit mm-hmm. for those roles, and and quite frankly, like I'm probably the right fit for that. They cast really effectively. Mm-hmm. We are. Bringing a lot of ourselves to these mm-hmm. parts. Amazing. You know, even Bane, uh, the centaur from the stories, uh, appears in this play. Uh, it's, a, it's an actor named uh, Caleb. Uh, you know, he's playing a, a mythical creature. So, like, obviously he's not a centaur. Mm-hmm. But even in roles like that, like, Caleb just has this 
spectacular charisma. Mm. Like, he is legitimately magnetic, and his voice is stunning. Like, just right off the bat, you know, he's not a centaur, but he's bringing just more of himself in a lot of ways to these roles. Cool. Um, and he plays... That, for uh, me, is the best kind of art, when the actor can not just be, like, someone other than themselves... But the process informs the relationships in the room and then on the stage, like you're saying. Like, I think, I, and I never get to be in the room most of the time when I see something, but I always want to be because mm-hmm. I want to see those relationships form and then spread out and expand on stage into your characters. I think that's how it works best. I mean, for me, it certainly is. And, you know, like, I, I don't currently have a, a passion to pursue the sort of Daniel Day Lewis chameleon. But yeah, I'm like oh, I don't think I'm good enough for it. But but I, I'm more. No than one that. is except him. <laughs> I feel okay. like <laughs> he's hilarious. But um, but but yeah, I, I kind of go like uh, I just kind of want to bring me in the way that I can. That seems to be the most. That's the most enticing for me. I, I enjoy that the most. It's enough, also, right? Like there really yeah. doesn't have to be. Yeah. Luke, it's yeah. enough. <laughs> it's enough, yeah, yeah. and I'm telling this for myself too, as yeah, my yeah. own artist. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we we are human, and that is, like we said, this is what I want to see on stage. So I want mm-hmm. to see human mistake. I want to see human uh, success. I want to see human emotion and movement so that it doesn't feel like I'm disconnected from the audience from Mm -hmm. sorry from the show that's right if I'm sitting in the audience right yeah I think and I think that you know whether you're a a trained practitioner or not you can smell insincerity (laughs) if someone's putting it on yes yes you know you can you just know and you know, Daniel Day Lewis isn't putting it on. He's fun. He's accessing parts of himself and broadening who he is to get there totally. in a way that is uniquely special. And he's, you know, he's obviously incredible. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but I think, I think, I think that's what we're all doing, whether you know it or not. I mean, mm-hmm. this might be too broad a thing to say, and I'm certainly not experienced enough to have to to have developed this this opinion. But, but it, I do think, in a certain way, we are all just bringing out ourselves in yeah. this thing and. Please you, keep going with that. You pull forward, you know, same thing we talked about with the houses. Like, you pull forward yes. different things at different moments. But at all times, we we are all things. We can do all things, good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is capable of really, really special and amazing and really horrible things. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't imagine the circumstances that would push us to horrible things, Mm -hmm. hopefully, for most of us. But it's in there. Sometimes it's just in there. It's always in there. Like an evil wizard, you know, killing your parents and then putting a scar on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just happens sometimes. Well, and that's a great, you know, and that's a great, that's a great thing that carries forward in this play, too. You know, and you'll see it when you see it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, just talking about how these people become this way. Mm. That, you know... Voldemort wasn't born evil. Mm, right. Voldemort had a terrible, terrible childhood. Yes. And that drove him to become the person that he became. He was lonely. Mm. And the effects that loneliness has and that 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 features in the play as well. And um, I imagine a lot of people have been feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. They've been feeling a lot of audiences have, have been wanting to connect again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Get your tickets because this is yeah. going to be the show to see. It's opening on June nineteenth at yep. the CAA at Mervish Theater. 
Um, Luke will be in it. I will definitely be in the audience at some point. And we're just gonna we're just gonna get out our wands together. Yeah. That's 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 the best part about it. I can't wait to see like <laughs> and the wand dance is gonna happen too. Is yeah. that a thing? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. I saw there was a post about it, so I feel like I could talk about it. Like that's so fun to incorporate all that movement. It's a really important part of the show. John Tiffany was a director and he worked closely with uh Stephen Hoggett, um, who uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a movement, uh, the movement director, um, and he, uh, he's, he, he's a lot of uh, shows that are uh, really uh, movement based, mm. um, and this is this one is very movement heavy. I'm so excited. Just the way and the way that they that he that the movement uses bodies in space to create environments is so inventive. Ooh, it's so... That's right up my alley. Yeah, I mean, and they have <laughs> us doing, they have us doing uh, a, an hour warm-up every morning, an hour physical warm-up. It's like Amazing. Just to make sure our bodies can do the things yes. we need them to do. Yes. Um, you know, leaping off trains, lifting people, Fantastic. doing the, the, the wand dance. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, they're all forms of... It's all part of the theatrical storytelling that theater can do. Mm. You can have a movement piece to tell a story. There's, oh, there's another movement piece that comes later in the play that it's so special. It's a less physical thing. Okay. The the physical choreo in the play is amazing. Mm. The wand dance is certainly the most the one that I the most strenuous one I do. And like holding something and like like uh, I know it's an audio podcast, uh-huh. but like to have like your stance be in like a wizardy way. Like as I watch the movies, like I'm sure they had to go through some kind of um, you know uh, training, like to to just to feel not human anymore. They're very detailed about like what what each spell is, how you right. do spell. They're yeah. very careful about. That's um, so so interesting to me. I love it. It's it's, it's a really fun thing, like just the, the, the detail of this whole uh, process. And the wand dance, you know, the idea of it being when you watch it, that the wand is 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 taking over. So cool. they talk a lot about, you know, it, it's very it's good for dancers, I think would 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 love the process. Talking about and in, in movement initiation. Exactly, yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. then it's it's distally initiated because it's the wand. It's not you, yeah. it's the wand is taking you around. Cool. I'm like waving for yeah. audio listeners, I'm waving <laughs> my wrist so around. Much happening at, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it but it but it, and it's 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 that detail being really technical of like no 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 right now see you're initiating from your elbow. No, you want to initiate right from the wand. The mm. wand is pulling you around. Um, and they're really careful with that because it is it's storytelling through movement, and there's a piece later that is, uh, that's it's a totally different tempo from that. Mm. But you tell a story of time passing and the relationship between Albus and Scorpius, which mm. you'll see when you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, we tell it through, oh, it's probably a minute and a half long, maybe two minutes long, uh, just movement. Cool. And it's, it's like such a moving piece of theater. And it's it's like there's I don't even you know there's it's like no acting required because you do you just do the movement and it tells the story mm. and at the end of it I sort of was like flying over in my head to like oh yeah did I do the movement was it was the story there and I was thinking the story just like oh my god and I just started like crying because it's oh. such a beautiful piece of movement and they've done it wow. so effectively. Um, the movement lover in me is like I know that feeling. Yeah. Of just knowing that I don't have to like overperform it. Yes. Because it's telling the story for itself, and and I just in my body I just echo through it. That's right. That's a great. That's right. And you and you don't want to overperform. You want to let 
because you don't want you to get in the way of the movement. The movement mm. is telling the story. All you do cool. is you just need to be uh, an outlet through which to tell that story physically. Beautiful. And and just stay out of the way. Let yeah. it do its thing because it is a tremendously well-crafted piece. Wow. And that's really liberating as mm. an artist kind of going like, and that's what this whole play, mm. you know, it's a lot of pressure coming right out of school and having this huge role in this massive production. Mm. But then I kind of go like, well, it's got the the most incredible group of actors that I've ever worked with. They're so just the wealth of experience that that, 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 that this company has. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot think of a show that has more hours logged on stage <laughs> between the company than this one. Wow. It's extraordinary. Okay. Like, we've got, like, literal theater icons Amazing. just lining this production. Um, so it's got an incredible ensemble. The story is really, really, really great. The script mm. is so, so well-crafted. It takes the pressure off that it's like, well... This actually just is a really great piece. Mm-hmm. So as long as I go with the piece and I don't get in the way of the thing, mm, yes, the story is there. I just need to let it let the story be told. Yes, you know sometimes via me. Um, yep. Just be human. But it's there. Like mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, exactly. Just be human. Don't get in the way of it. And it's a really strong piece. And that's you know same thing that's really freeing yes that you know as artists we put pressure on ourselves we want to be so good and that Mm -hmm. when you have a great piece backing you you can kind of go like the pressure isn't on me it Mm -hmm. it isn't up Mm -hmm. to me to make this thing spectacular because it is spectacular yeah and just one piece yeah yeah all of the people who are part of it together you all unite into this big big thing yeah so yeah i mean yes there's different cogs in the machine but but yeah, you can all support each other through it. Yeah, you just you, you and give it to us as like a little a little present to the, right. to the audience. Yeah, giving it away is such a. That's thrilling. I'm so thrilled for you. Oh, me too. I'm so thrilled for me. It feels I, just to see that this is yeah, this is your you know one of your first big big things out of school and first first and yeah, and you've been like holding on to it for so long as well. I feel like it's it's finally gonna come to see the to see the light, and I'm I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, everyone everyone was holding on it for so long. Yeah. <laughs> The pandemic is gone now, well, hopefully, and and we can finally get back to what we love doing. Yeah, thank goodness. And keep doing it. Keep being inspired by it. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I will include the ticket link um, in the in the description. Please Super. go and get your tickets. You don't want to miss this, especially if you're in Toronto. You know, I, I walk by those Hogwarts houses, banners every single day. Oh, you do? And it's just like, I have to be, like, I, I know for sure I'm going to be there. It's a really special piece. Uh you, it, it defies expectation oh. and, and the caliber of talent on stage and off. It's so unprecedented. Like mm. I, I've, I've never seen a team stacked like this and it, and it shows, you know, we're, 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 we're one month into rehearsals. We've got another month to go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, we, finishing out the polishing and the getting off booking things. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, I think we're, yeah, we, we, we've learned, we've learned the piece. Like we, wow. we've got it all, we've got it all in there and now That's it's, exciting. it's fine too. We had, uh, we have an international director that just got in, uh, yesterday. Okay. And we, we did it. We did a little, we did an act one run and he, he, at the end of it, he went like, 
you're all one month into the process and this and you have no business being as good as you are at this point. I mean, if that's any tagline right there. Yeah, we'll like, take it. You have to go see the show, listeners. You really do. It's really great. Luke, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for taking your day off to spend it with me. Oh, I'm Talking. happy to. I'm happy to. I've been looking forward to this since we <laughs> talked about it before I started this whole process. So. Oh. No, I'm so glad you could come back. Um, if there's anything else that you want to plug, where can people find you too if they want to know more about you? Um, you can you can follow me on uh, Luke Kimball Acting on Instagram. I um, but uh, ah, this this show is the main thing I've got going on right now. Amazing. It's pretty all encompassing yes. of my time, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm thrilled with that. Uh, so yeah, come check it out. Yes, I yeah, I can't I can't agree more. I feel like it's gonna be the show that so many Canadian audiences need right now. Yeah. And uh, get your tickets, Luke. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Arversations podcast. Please help the podcast community continue to grow by clicking subscribe or follow on your podcast platform and leave a review. As well, follow the podcast on Instagram at artversationspod. You'll find photos of the guests you just heard, plus highlights and quotes from each episode. Let's keep the artversation going. Send in a DM with your thoughts about art and any questions you might have for guests. Special thank you goes out to Jen Marquez and Maxim Bartnowski for their contributions. And thank you, listener. Till next time.